Let us now prepare our hearts for prayer. Let us pray. Lord God, help us turn our hearts to you and hear what you will speak. For you speak peace to your people through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Old Testament reading comes from Psalm 84, verses 1 through 7. Listen for the word of the Lord. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts! My soul longs, indeed it faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh sing for joy to the living God. Even the sparrow finds a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young at your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Happy are those who live in your house, ever singing your praise, Selah. Happy are those whose strength is in you and whose heart are in the highways to Zion. As they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. The God of gods will be seen in Zion. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning. The New Testament scripture comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 18, verses 9 through 14. Listen for the word of the Lord. He also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and regarded others with contempt. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, was praying thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, thieves, rogues, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all my income. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but was beating his breast and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his home, justified rather than the other, For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, but all who humble themselves will be exalted. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Dear Lord, use me as your vessel to speak the truth. Be present with us through the power of your Holy Spirit. Now let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Our sermon title is God Have Mercy on Us. In today's passage, Jesus continues the theme of prayer. The previous passage in Luke 18, the parable of the widow and the unjust judge, taught the need for persistent prayer, to pray always and not to lose heart. 
following in verses 9 through 14, Jesus addressed those who trusted in themselves that were righteous and regarded others with contempt. Jesus' lesson was about two men who went to the temple to pray. One of the men was a Pharisee and the other man was a tax collector. At first glance, one might expect the Pharisee to be a faithful, dedicated, religious leader and the tax collector to be just the opposite. One who was despised, deceitful, and notorious for collecting more money than that was required. During their time, Jesus' time, it was common to see Pharisees praying in the temple. What was quite uncommon was to see a tax collector praying in the temple. However, as we look at the posture and words of each man's prayer, we get a better picture of the character of each of them. We get a glimpse into their hearts. And we know as believers in Christ that our triune God looks at what is in the heart and not at the outside appearance. In the parable, the Pharisee was the first of the two men to address God in prayer in verse 11, which says, the Pharisee standing by himself was praying thus, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, thieves, rogues, adulterers, or even this tax collector. The Pharisee's posture says a lot about how he might have felt in the moment he addressed God in prayer. He is standing by himself. Now we know someone else was there because, in the temple because the scripture tell us that two men went to the temple to pray, yet the Pharisee is standing by himself. The Pharisee's position of standing by himself leads us to believe that maybe he did not want to be associated with the tax collector or want anyone to think he was associated with the tax collector because tax collectors were dishonest and untrustworthy people. Have you ever been in a place where someone standing near you didn't look quite right to you? It may have been the way they were dressed, the color of their skin, or their untidy appearance. Maybe they had an odor about them, and you just had to distance yourself from that individual. You did not want anyone to think that he or she was with you. God, have, have mercy on me. I have done that. I was in an uncomfortable place, and so I moved to a more comfortable space. Have you ever done that? The Pharisee intentionally separated himself from the tax collector, a self-righteous action, a self-righteous position, standing by himself. Or was it? The word Pharisee, from which their name derived, means separated one. Was the Pharisee's action of standing alone merely an act of religious duty? 
The Pharisee started his prayer off with a bang, God, and then everything after that went downhill. I thank you that I am not like other people, thieves and rogues, adulterers, even this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all my income. To whom does he think he's talking to? Did he forget that he was talking to the all-knowing, all-seeing, almighty God? Four times in these two verses, the Pharisee uses the pronoun I to exalt himself before God. The eyes have exposed the Pharisee's self-righteousness as he boasts about what he is not and what he has done. He glorifies himself where God, the tax collector, and anyone else present can hear. Bible scholars note the Pharisees in the time of Jesus were respectable religious leaders who were zealously reserve, uh, preserved God's covenant by practicing holiness as dictated in the Torah. You shall be holy for I, the Lord your God, am holy. In their view, the best way to keep the covenant relationship was God, with God and be holy was to separate themselves from all that was unclean. Fasting was required on the Day of Atonement. Tithing was required only for some items. Here, the Pharisee practices above and beyond the legal requirements. The Pharisee fasts twice a week and gave a tenth of everything. Luke 16 and 15 says, So he said to them, You are those who justify yourselves in the sight of others, but God knows your hearts. For what is prized by humans is an abomination in the sight of God. Friends, Jesus is not saying that we cannot go above and beyond in giving to the church to those in need, and in God's mission to the world. But what he is saying is to do it from the heart and don't boast about it. I wonder what the tax collector was thinking. I imagine Jesus' intent was to show the tax collector so attuned to God in that moment that he did not hear nor did he care about the self-righteous prayer of the Pharisee. I imagine he was so moved by the Holy Spirit that he could not say anything but, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. He could not even stand close, but stood at a distance, for the burden of his sinfulness weighed heavy upon him. God, be merciful to me. He would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but was beating his breast and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And doesn't that say it all coming from a tax collector? By contrast, the tax collector stands far off, a position that anticipates his confession of unworthiness before God, beating his breast 
He signifies how grieved he is and remorseful for his sins. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Have you ever been like the tax collector, praying to God? Have you ever humbled yourself before God and asked for forgiveness? As I read the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector, I wondered about the deeper meaning of what Jesus said through the tax collector's prayer. I imagined the words, God, be merciful to me, a sinner, could be something like the passage titled, I Confess, in the American author, theologian, educator, and civil rights leader Howard Thurman's book, Meditations of the Heart. It reads as follows. I confess my own share in the ills of the times. I have shrieked from my responsibilities as a citizen. I have not been wise in casting my ballot. I have left to others a real interest in making a public opinion worthy of democracy. I have been concerned about my own little job, my own little securities, my own little own shelter, and my own bread. I have not really cared about the jobs of others, the security of others, the bread for others. I have not worked for peace, I want peace, but have not voted or worked but I have voted and worked for war. I have silenced my own voice that it may not be heard on the side of any cause, however right, if it meant running risks or damaging my own little reputation. God have mercy on me, a sinner. Let, they, let thy light burn in me that I may from this moment on take effective steps with my own, within my own powers that live up to the light and courageously to pay for the kind of world I so deeply desire. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Brothers and sisters, God is pleased when we show humility in his presence and all who humble themselves will be exalted, justified by faith. Are you a self-righteous person or do you put God and others before self? Do you have ex an exclusive circle of friends or are you friendly to all people. The scripture shows us when we humble ourselves, putting God and others first, God will exalt us. The tax collector went down from the temple to his home justified because he humbled himself in the presence of God. This is what is called the divine reversal. Jesus turns things upside down. The exalted are brought low and the humble are exalted. Throughout the Gospel of Luke, we see many examples of the divine reversal. In chapter one, verses 51 through 53, he says, he has shown strength 
with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He will fill the hungry with good things. He has sent the rich away empty. In chapter 6, 20 through 26, Jesus speaks to the disciples, the blessings and the woes, the divine reversal where the kingdom of God is for the poor. The hungry are filled and those who weep will laugh. And conversely, the rich will be or are already paid in full. Those who are full will be hungry and those who laugh now will mourn now. Luke goes on in chapters 14, 15, and 16 with examples of how God lifts up those who are humble. God have mercy on us. When we humble ourselves and put God and others first, not only will God exalt us, but we will experience true happiness. As believers in Christ, we are called to be friendly to all people not just to our inner circle of friends, and to help those who are in need. The surprising twist of Jesus' conclusion of the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector challenges us to examine anew the values and the standards by which we live and practice our faith. The Apostle Paul stated in 1 Corinthians 13 and 2, and if I have prophetic power and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith so as to move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. We should be humble before God, loving towards others. We are called to apply the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector to our daily lives. Daily, we need to guard against self-righteousness on the job, in and around our communities, and even in our church. We need to humbly work God's mission, not telling everyone how great we are because we fed and clothed the homeless, rather work diligently and get God and let God do the boasting. He does it the best. God will exalt us higher than we ever can exalt ourselves. That is God's promise. Proverbs 19 and 17 says, whoever is kind to the poor, lends to the Lord, will be repaid in full. Throughout the Gospel of Luke, Jesus teaches disciples, multitudes of people, as well as Pharisees. While the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector appears to be a lesson directed towards the Pharisees, I believe it is a lesson for all people. Jesus says in the last verse, I tell you, this man, the tax collector, went down from his home justified rather than the other. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and all who humble themselves will be exalted. The operative word being all. Each and every time we go before God, all of us will have to choose whether or not to boast of great accomplishments, and our obedience to God, or to humbly ask, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. 
God have mercy on us today if we do not learn the lesson in Jesus' parable because the good news today is we can live in God's love. Loving God and neighbor as ourselves, not boasting about it, but going to the Lord privately in prayer with humble hearts. Continue to thank God and ask God for grace and mercy in our lives, recognizing that Jesus Christ his only son, through whom we have our salvation, is the light to the world. God, have mercy on us. Amen. Amen.